Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Well, glad to hear it. We're just talking about how much, how many recordings we need to do this week, how much work we have to do, and oh my gosh, I've right. got my wheels turning about what I want to talk about, what I want to cover, and Me too. Business. Yep. I can't, I'm always watching true crime on TV. If I'm watching any TV, it's true crime. And Ron like, are you researching a case? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm watching <laughs> if it's going to be something I'm going to do, you know, like, yeah, it's never that. It's not always that definitive, but yeah. Yeah. There's always some research happening. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, yeah. I know you do probably, but you see things sometimes that you go, ugh, I don't even want to report this. Yes, I do. And it's, it, that's hard, but yeah, there are, and we've done mm-hmm. some rough ones lately. Um, but yeah, there's mm-hmm. some things that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I had this idea last week that I was going to do a pop-up on werewolf crimes, like people dressed yeah. as werewolves or thought they were werewolves. Oh no, no. Mm. They're awful, awful, mm. awful. And they're out yeah. there. You can go find them if you want. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'll, yeah. I'll leave you to it. It was like, eh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I For the same reason, I really have not wanted to cover any stories about people being on bath salts. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of same, like same, yeah. Gobbling up somebody's baby or something. Yeah, awful, yeah this was kind of how the, the werewolf stuff goes. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah, it's like that. And I went, oh, yeah, no, this is not. Mm-mm. So I instead I did a pop-up on uh, people committing petty crimes in costume. And that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> okay. I like that better. Yeah. I don't know. Why do you dress up like Tinky Winky and go break into your friend's house and feel <laughs> Chinese food in the middle of the night? <laughs> I don't know. Because you you're guys. doing drugs. That's why. That must be the only reason because <laughs> I have to winky. say never in my life. Oh, sorry. It wasn't Tinky Winky. It was Lala. It was the oh. yellow Teletubby. Tinky Winky's just the only one I know anything about because I'm gay, you know. So, of course, yeah. me and Tinky Winky, we, we go way back. Um, <laughs> gay, gay, gay. But yeah. it was Lala. Yeah, and he broke into his friend's house, and the only thing he stole was Chinese food. He just took it out of the fridge and dumped it in a purse he was carrying. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> where has your life gone wrong, my friend? Or right. It's a crime that you get arrested for. (laughs) Yeah. Or right. I know. I don't know. It's hard to say. It is true that there are times that I look at something and go, no, not going to do it. Other times I'm like, hell yeah, I'm talking about the Teletubbies crimes. 100%. Yeah. Which is not to say we shy away from hard stuff. We do hard stuff all the time. Oh, all the time. But sometimes I just am not feeling it in my gut and just go, I just, at least for now, I'm not feeling this. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of had to take serial killer stuff in doses. It's literally my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. But I have to take it in doses because it so, can be so horrifying, you know? Well, you know, my son is just, just wrapping up. In fact, his last day was today. Oh, yes. A serial killer course at his college. And, oh, man, it's all we're talking about. My daughter was like, "I am. if I never hear about serial killers again, it will be too soon. Because we're <laughs> she's had it with all of our talk. But anyway, he has requested an audience. He wants to come on the show yes. and talk about some uh, really specific and interesting facets of serial killings and serial killers. And so we're going to make that happen here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, we are. It's gonna yeah, be that's going to be really fun. You guys will. 
I think, enjoy hearing from him and from his perspective and also just fresh out of this really interesting class. Yeah, very interesting. I know. And I have to temper my interest in serial killers with I'm not into like the murderbilia kind of I don't fan them. I'm just interested in like why it's always the psychological why for me. Mm -hmm. Like I want to understand it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I get that too. Rhonda's like, you're watching another serial killer documentary. Can we watch something happy? <laughs> okay. Like, well, he gets um, convicted at the end. I mean, that's like happy. right. Exactly. I was watching this something the other day. She's like, that's really dark. You know, you know, I'm a true crime podcaster, right? Like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of a, it's a, it's, it's an interesting life. That's for sure. I'll get done recording and one of my family members will be like, what was your case about today? And I'll be like, oh, so anyway, you know, like mm-hmm. tell them about Ed Gain or something. And they're like, jaws are dropping. They're like, oh, hey, are you? <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw, but in our in our Facebook group, somebody posted a screenshot of what their car stereo said about our Ed Gein um, uh, episode because it was yes. Ed Gein who needs a nipple belt. Uh-huh. And and it kept coming up, Ed Gein who needs a nipple. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. was like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have dark humor, you guys. We have dark we do. humor. What can you we have say? to if you're in true crime. You have to. Yeah. But also, uh, you know, but I've heard though before that like first responders a lot of times have dark humor because, uh, you know, they kind of have to to make it through really hard yeah. stuff, you know, it's and not that, uh, too. oh yeah. I mean, and not to compare what we do to, you know, first responders because no, not at all, you yeah. know, but it's, uh, when you're seeing, researching, you know, immersing yourself in really heavy stuff, humor is how you temper that. Mm-hmm. It is. It most yeah. definitely is. Yeah. And I know it makes people uncomfortable. Sometimes we occasionally will have a comment on our videos from mm-hmm. someone that's like, Wow, pretty lighthearted. Uh, you guys are talking about and laughing, and then you go right into this heinous case. Wow, mm-hmm. you know, or something, and we're like, yeah, you know, we kind, yeah, we have to temper it with some humor. We do, yeah. we definitely do. Yeah. yeah, well, a little glimpse into the life of true crime podcasters, <laughs> right? Straight up weirdos. That's there. It's probably it's straight up weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of straight up weirdos, this is a case I'm going to present to you. I like that segue a lot. I know. That was a great segue, right? For (laughs) a cold read. So you guys know we do this a couple of times a week where we present cold cases to each other. And then we read what we feel happened to that person. So Katie doesn't know what this case is or who this person is. She's going to hear this for the very first time. So let's talk about Aaron Benjamin Bernard. Now, this case was a, this is a uh, listener suggestion. So thank you for that. If you want to suggest a case, go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com and you'll find the little um, box at the bottom of the page where you can suggest a case. But I love it when people suggest cases in our own state and I'm like, dude, I didn't even know about this case. I've been amazed how many cases I did not know about in my own state. Well, this case is in Boise is five mile, 500 miles, well, five, five hours away from us. So yeah. that's part partially why. So mm-hmm. 
Aaron Benjamin Bernard, he was born on 10-20 of 1969. He lived in Boise. And on the day that he went missing, he dropped his son off with um, his son's mother. And to to uh well he went to the mcdonald's restaurant on coal road to to like to do an exchange drop his son off Uh so he was planning to pick him up again the next morning but he did not ever arrive and the son's how old the son who at the time was really little i can't remember okay little little like two or three okay okay so the last cell phone call he had was at 7.15 p.m. on that day. So after the drop-off, shortly after the drop-off at McDonald's. This is where, and this some of these cases are really hard because there aren't very many resources as far as information. So I've read two different things. One is that his roommate called him at about 7.15 and he said, I'm on my way home. Another is that he called his roommate to say I'm on my way home. Mm-hmm. Here's the weird thing. I can't find a thing about who that roommate is or what that roommate has to say about what happened oh. to Aaron. And I don't know that they're involved, but like everything that I could find in my research on this doesn't reference who that person is or what they had to say at all. Wow. So he apparently got home his car was found parked in his driveway mm-hmm. but as i understand it he never actually went in the house he just parked his car in his driveway and then was never heard from again there was nothing found in his apartment to indicate any kind of a struggle or anything going on mm-hmm. he just disappeared without a trace mm-hmm. Now, I want to tell you that we did a case a few months ago on the case of Jeremy Burt, who was also missing out of Boise. um, Burt disappeared in 2007 Uh and um, Bernard disappeared in 2004. There was a connection between them. Uh They had some mutual friends. It's not known if there was a literal connection between the two of them, but it is kind of strange that they would, um, yeah. you know, both disappear and without a trace. Yeah. So some things that his family said that some things that very much concerned them is that he would, he actually had a son and a daughter and that he was very devoted as a dad and he would not have just disappeared without his kids. Yeah. No. He also left behind a dog and cat. And he loved them. And if he went out of town, he always made arrangements for him, for them. And so he would never have just left them without making sure someone was taking care of him, taking care of them. And so this seemed out of character for him to just disappear. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hold on any other information about the case so that we can take a little break. I am going to post a picture of him now, though, because I forgot to do that earlier. We're going to take a little break, 
And when we return, Katie, I want to give you a chance to give us a read on what you think happened to Aaron. He also went by Benj or Benji because his middle name was Benjamin. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Life is complicated. The last year has been so hard on sensitive people. So many uncertainties and so much heavy energy to wade through. People are working on jobs and relationships, energy work, self-development, and health. So why call me? Because my clients are my family. When you invite me onto your team, I will do all that I can to help you shift from a place of surviving to a place of thriving. I can help you shift from uncertainty, stress, fear, lack, into a place of joy, peace, clarity, and abundance. Give me a call. Katie Weaver, Professional Psychic Advisor, over at 12listen.com. All right, and we're back. We're back with a cold read for Katie. This is Aaron Benjamin Bernard. He has been missing since December 4th of 2004 out of Boise, Idaho. So I kind of presented the basics of the case to Katie. I want to give her a chance to give us a cold read on what she feels happened. Okay. uh, Mr. Bernard here. All right. So he definitely didn't just take off that. I, he, he definitely did not and would not do that. That's not his style at all. And he actually, you know, Things weren't completely perfect in his life. You know, there had been some real relationship stuff, but he liked his life and and he was trying and it's just not, not a thing. I do feel like when he got home that he, some friends pulled up in a car. It looks to me like a black blazer, like an older style, like Chevy blazer that had some men in it and they, that he knew. And they invited him to come back to somebody's house with them. <laughs> there was, <coughs> pardon me, there was a kind of like house party going on. Mm-hmm. And they just invited him to join them. And he did, you know, no big deal. His son was gone for the night. He had nothing going and he just kind of packed up and went. Mm-hmm. He didn't go back in the house. He literally just pulled up and they stopped and talked to him and he got in their car. I do feel like he ended up at someone's house where something that's where something went awry okay and i feel like there were a lot of drugs being used i'm not saying he was using them or he wasn't but there were people that were using it was kind of a rowdy deal it was probably rowdier than he expected it to be to be honest uh and i feel like there was some kind of an altercation that he got in the middle of i don't think it was even his fight i think he got in the middle of a fight between two different people that's what i'm seeing is that he stepped in between something going on and he got pushed really hard and hit his head and died. Oh, wow. And the people, you know, that owned the house, the people that he was there with really freaked out. I think that some of them there were pretty rough people that had records that had, you know, that, and there were a lot of drugs in play, a lot of drinking happening. There was just a lot of shit going on. They certainly weren't going to call the police because they didn't want to be in trouble. And so they had to do something else with his body. I don't feel like he, uh, 
Like, I think he died pretty quickly. It looks to me like he hit his head on the corner of a coffee table or some other sharp thing like that. Mm-hmm. And like died pretty quickly. And, and there was no, you know, they didn't withhold medical from him. I feel like it happened pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so and I wanted to get a bead from him on where his body went. Because he just died that night. There was no, mm-hmm. you know, elongated thing. I do feel like they wrapped him up in something and put him in the back of that black blazer. It reminds me of a blazer we drove when we were in high school that belonged to our dad. It was like a 1985, something along those lines. Something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was dark in color, this blazer Mm -hmm. too. They loaded him up and put his body in this. It looks to me like they drove for a long time, like up into the Trinity's like way up into the mountains somewhere where, well, as far as they could get, because didn't he, what was the date of his death? 12-4. Right. So there was already snow up in there. And so I can't imagine how far they could have actually gotten, but they drove way up into the mountains and that's where they disposed his body. Um, I think it's possible that his body will be found at some point. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. deep up in that wilderness up in there. That's uh, it's, it's a deep wilderness. But uh, at any rate, I think it's possible that his body will be found at some point. I don't feel like they buried him. I don't think they could because they went, you know, up to a snowy of a place as deep as they could get. But what I see him being under is kind of a log jam, like a lot of old, uh, like fallen trees kind of stacked up over top of him. Like a big snag. Yeah, that he's uh, kind of pushed up underneath. So I think it's possible that his remains will be found. Now, there's a lot of wildlife up there, too. And so, you know, who knows what uh, became of his body over the winter and over time, too. But I feel like there are at least eight people who know what happened to him. Wow. That uh, just effectively lied and didn't want to get caught, didn't want to get in trouble. And also didn't want to piss off the wrong people. And so they've all just lied about it. It's stupid. Nobody, it was, it was an accident. No one murdered him on purpose, you know, but they did, he did die and they did cover up his death. And it really sucks, really sucks for his family, for the, for his kids. My God. Yeah. 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 Well, and a couple of things I just want to validate for you when you said that things weren't great for him and that he had some rocky relationships. He was in the process of fighting for custody of his son. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had a warrant out for him, his arrest for uh, battery. Okay. In, um, in Ada County there. So, yeah, he had some things going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know none of those things necessarily have anything to do with what happened to him. Yeah. Do you think that Jeremy Burt's death had anything to do with I don't. Aaron Burner's death? I don't. No. I know some people will really want to link those together. And, you know, yeah. I know some people really did not appreciate our read on Jeremy Burt. But, you know, all we can do is, all I can tell you is what I see, you know. and Yeah. And, and what I'm gathering. But anyway, I, I don't, I don't think they're related. I mean, obviously, you know, life was a little rough for both of them. It was, and weren't yeah. they both single dads? Jeremy Burt was a single, single dad too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sad. 
But uh, yeah, I don't see an actual connection there. Okay. That's what I thought too. It just seemed, you know, it's weird because, you know, three years apart. Yeah. But, you know, also doesn't necessarily mean anything, but mm-hmm. that's just really unfortunate. I wish that his body would be found. So at least his family would know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I'm with his family. He didn't take off. He wouldn't have done that. His mom has implied that she knows some things about who knows what happened to him. Uh, Those things have never actually come into light. There's been a lot of pressure in the last couple of years to reopen his case or, you know, maybe not reopen it, but just continue to, you know, put some more effort and energy into it. It doesn't really seem like that's happened. Honestly, it doesn't seem to me that they have anything to go on. Yeah. But she, uh, when you say there's eight people, I find that interesting because it seems as though his mom knows something or maybe mm-hmm. just knows, has a sense that someone knows something. You know, I don't I'm not saying she's mm-hmm. with anything. I just mean like she right. has this idea that there are people that know and she has yeah. some idea of who those people are. Mm-hmm. And it could be these very people. Yeah. I, I think it's very possible that somebody said to her, you know, something along those lines or along the lines of, you know, he's not coming back or, you know, something. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like some of the women that know what happened to him have had a hard time not telling his family because they've watched them search for him, you know, and agonize over him. And I feel like it's really tugged at them. And so I feel like if anyone talked to her, it was one of the women that were present that that do know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, as as in some other cases that we've covered with similar situations, you know, you just wish that someone would come forward and just tell the truth so that people don't have to sit with these things forever, you know, that they can finally be able to move forward. Yeah. And it's it's just really sad and unfortunate that people who know the truth of someone's death can't just speak up so their families don't have to, you know, continue to just, you know, agonize. For sure. Yeah, no one deserves this. No, no, they don't. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for that read, Katie. I appreciate it. And I thought this was an interesting case suggestion, considering we'd already done Jeremy Burt. and. Of course, because it is somewhat local to us. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Well, today is Wednesday. We will be live tonight with our Wednesday case update. That is a live stream at 7 p.m. on YouTube, 7 p.m. Mountain on our YouTube channel. So you can watch it live there or you can pick it up after the fact. Of course, it goes up on our podcast stream or, you know, it's the video is there after as well. Yeah. Tomorrow is Thursday. So we have the psychic hour coming up at 7 p.m. Mountain as well. Yeah. And, you know, we'll have some fun things for you over the weekend. And we'll just always keep doing what we're doing. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know. Okay, then. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic (laughs) Sisters. Thanks, everybody. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments 
and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.